Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. Welcome to the Cannamom Show. Are you interested in hearing inspiring cannabis stories told by real women, moms, and caregivers who are breaking barriers and building businesses in the emerging cannabis industry? This is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. I'm a former family law attorney and mother of two. And I've been talking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving. And along with my canna sister, realtor, cancer survivor, and mom, Amy Searles, who unfortunately can't be with us today, we're on a mission, me and Amy, to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories and connecting them to you. It's that time of month again, time for a podcast takeover. So settle in and get ready to listen to my guest host, Asia Atwood, introduce you to another fascinating guest connecting cannabis to our climate. Thank you, Joyce. Welcome, Asia. And that's right. I'm your host, Asia Atwood, entrepreneur, engineer, cannabis consumer, and advocate. I've spent over 15 years of my career evaluating the devastations caused by natural disasters. And it was back in 2013 when I began to learn about the cannabis plant and its capacity to heal, not just us, but the earth as well. Welcome to the Cannabis and Climate Connection. This is a place where we highlight individuals who also share an affinity for the cannabis plant, the health of our planet, and the health of its inhabitants as we are all connected. And with that, I am excited to introduce our next guest. Woo. To have, we don't have Amy today. I know, Amy's like... <laughs> Amy normally does our like claps and our woo-woos. Amy, she's very enthusiastic. Amy, you're here in spirit. You're here in spirit. You're here in spirit. <laughs> um, our guest, who strills straight from South Boston, Massachusetts, she is a plant medicine advocate and champion of conscious ingredients and personal care. As the owner and operator of Soil and Spirit, she focuses on collaborating and creating with small businesses in the natural products industry, as well as the cannabis and psychedelic communities. Our guest also spends a great majority of her time working with Cosmic Sister, an eco-feminist organization that funds women to share their experiences with cannabis and psychedelics by way of educational advocacy grants. And during her free time, you'll find her in the kitchen with her weapon of choice, the S-Blade, 
or browsing through her many books in her home resource library. So please, everyone, allow me to welcome Miss Caitlin Moakley. Welcome, Caitlin. Yay. Thanks for having me. Thank it's you for, be here. for being here. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. Um, Caitlin, you and I met um, during a, um event at Herbstalk. We were on a panel together, um, a women in cannabis panel, and um, I was really just blown away by the depth of knowledge that that panel had, but particularly for you in psychedelics, because I, I was just getting into it, just starting to learn about it. And I'm sitting on this panel next to someone who's just like blowing it up with all this information regarding psychedelics. <laughs> so I was like, yes, I've got to connect. We've got to stay in touch. I met you for a reason. So I'm really happy to have you here today. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. I'm honored to be here. Seriously. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit um, about Soil and Spirit, your journey with psychedelics, Cosmic Sister? How does that all tie together? Ooh, where do I begin? Um, <laughs> so I got into... My journey with Soil and Spirit, that's the name of my consulting business, uh, about a year ago I made it official. In just a couple weeks it'll be one year. Officially. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I started off in natural foods, so I was working in organic smoothie and juice places, farm to table, uh, fast place restaurants, and it was while I was working in those industries, or in that industry, um, that I realized the damages of chemicals and the cleaning supplies that were being used. Mm. I witnessed some of my coworkers get chemical burns from the sanitizers that were being used to clean food surfaces. Mm. So I started off, you know, really getting into natural foods and I'm thinking, I'm here, I'm working with organic foods. Why is it that the products that we're using to clean the surfaces and sanitize are so damaging to the skin? And it wasn't until then that I started making the connection to my personal care products. Mm -hmm. So from there, I got into the natural products industry, and I spent three years working as a buyer at Cambridge Naturals in Porter Square. Oh, that's my um, hometown. That's I can go there. <laughs> that's <laughs> a great spot. Highly and, and recommend. It, and it still exists. That's the amazing part. It does still exist. And, and they have a lot of great products. So that's good. They've been in business for over 40 years. It's super impressive. Family-owned. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely worth checking out. My personal favorite place there is the Bulk Herbs Wall. It's like hundreds of herbs and spices that you can check out and grab it by the ounce or the pound, whatever you need. Yeah. Hard um, to find, I'm sure, elsewhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was during my time working in natural personal care as a buyer um, in the industry that I started really diving into ingredients and how they affect our skin and how they affect affect the environment. Now, did you wind up getting rid of everything in your bathroom and kitchen <laughs> during this process? It's actually funny that you asked because I was kind of like a crazy person. I nerd out on this stuff. So I would read every single ingredient. And if it wasn't something that was like water, that obviously <laughs> I have another you understanding of. Yeah. Um, I would pull out a dictionary or go online and read as much as I possibly could about it. Mm -hmm. And then I'd read studies about them. Um, which also you need a dictionary for if you're somebody like me. Yeah. Um, and just filled my brain with as much as I possibly could about these ingredients and trying to intuitively think about what these ingredients are doing on my skin without mm. the chemistry degree because not something that ever stuck when I was in high school, you know, like chemistry just didn't come naturally to me. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I started working with natural products and looking at ingredients that it really all started to make sense yeah and for me 
it all came back to the water supply. Hmm. I mean, how many products can you think that you're using every single day? You know, you wake up, you go to the bathroom, you're using toilet paper, you brush your teeth, you maybe wash your face, moisturize, wash your hair, wash your body with soap. I mean, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it really always has come down to the water. Mm. And this was not something I ever realized until it was food industry going from <laughs> the sanitizer that was activated by water to then going into the natural products industry and realizing just how damaging these ingredients could get. Yeah. Um, so after spending some time working in a retail store, I decided, you know what, I don't really want to work with a ton of different brands anymore because there's just so much out there. Mm-hmm. So I decided to leave and start my own independent consultancy so I could work directly with these smaller brands. The ones you choose. Exactly. Um, but I've been lucky enough to have brands approach me and I That's really awesome. haven't had to do the work that much, thankfully. Um, and it's really been an honor and a pleasure. And I just feel like this is my calling. This is my life's work. Awesome. Yeah. So when you ask about the psychedelics, psychedelics and natural personal care go hand in hand um, to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're talking about natural ingredients that are in the earth, psychedelic plant medicines, fungi medicines, cacti medicines, what are we doing to the earth if we are choosing to use products that can be damaging the mm-hmm. soil, mm-hmm. damaging the water, damaging these gifts right. ultimately right. um so i traveled to the amazon march yeah. 2018 wow <laughs> i just i went to denver but okay that's good I like that. <laughs> that, was, that was my cannabis awakening but you took hardcore hey i've never I, even uh, been to colorado <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty no, cool Peru. all right all right <laughs> international adventures okay yeah. keep going <laughs> it was quite the journey and mm-hmm. more ways than one um so I went down with Cosmic Sister, as you mentioned, and founded by Zoe Helena. Mm-hmm. She took a group of women down. Um, I was lucky enough to be one of them. And going down to the Amazon, I mean, you're, we went down there to drink ayahuasca. We mm-hmm. went down for a, uh, an ayahuasca retreat. We had four ceremonies when we were down there. Yep. And you're just literally immersed into the Amazon rainforest. When you look at it, on a map, like you look at Google Maps, you're in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Um, but at the same time, it's everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so being out there and being in this, we were at Temple of the Way of Light and just outside of Iquitos, um, right outside of the Amazon River. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much different from South Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, but this is like a, a place where you're guided through the experience. That's correct. they got, you yep. know, people on hand. Totally to legal. Yep. It's considered sacred working with Shipibo shamans. Uh, we had mostly female healers when we were there. But, you know, going down there, we're working with the sacred medicine. We're working with people who have such respect for the land and, you just got to take into consideration when you're traveling to places like this, what do you bring in with you? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. are you going to bring a toxic shampoo or a toxic soap with you? Are you, it's, you know, it's in the rainforest. Are you going to bring a sunscreen that has toxins in it? That's going to damage the water supply from mm-hmm. a place that is giving you these gifts and they're literally welcoming us into their home. Right. Right. So yeah, trying to be, I guess, a little bit more aware of everything that you bring. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And, and not to leave anything behind. That's right. <laughs> as well. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I know um, when I'm doing my, I was doing some research on ayahuasca because I think you and I talked about, you know, I'm interested yep. to try it. I'm still, I, I, my wife and I are learning about it together and I'd like to at least wait till we're both in alignment with me going. I'll, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> before, before I do it. Uh, but I'm trying to learn more about it and you hear um, unfortunately, you hear uh, people who say they've had a bad experience, blah, 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 or um, people are maybe um, commercializing this um, so that it's not maintaining that spiritual, true, um, you know, natural way or, or of healing people. Can you speak a little bit more about, um, about you know, how to look for what's genuine? And then also, um, you know, and, and what other resources or other things that you might use to make sure that you're really using the truth, using the ancient way of, of things versus commercialized approach? Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. For me, I've heard and I've been invited to places like Brooklyn, New York to sit in an ayahuasca ceremony and drink ayahuasca. For me, that is not something that has resonated with me and I don't believe it will ever. Mm-hmm. I mean... I'm going when I went to Peru, I was able to go and see an ayahuasca vine growing in the rainforest. I was able to go and see copy leaves and I was able to see both of the plants that are in the brew growing. Mm-hmm. If I was to go to Brooklyn, New York, I'm not going to see that. Right. Um and I mean for me and I think for something something that everybody should really be taking into consideration is your source. And the person who's conducting the ceremony, hmm. are the funds going back to the community where the plant was coming from? Who's it being conducted by? I mean, we're seeing a lot of white shamans these days. Mm-hmm. You go down to the Peruvian rainforest, you're not going to see a white shaman. Well, you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's probably wise to do your research into it. This, These plants are not to be taken lightly. And... The origin of these plants needs to be respected, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, when you say these plants are not to be taken lightly, speak a little bit more on that. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had an opportunity to go back down to the Peruvian Amazon and drink again. Mm-hmm. Um, I have declined because I went down that first time in 2018 it changed my life. It was the most profound experience I have ever had. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the point in my life right now that I went from being a super heavy cannabis user. I'm talking all day, every day. Mm-hmm. The only time I wasn't high was when I was at work. Mm-hmm. Just overstimulation. Couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But I was high all the time. Um, come back after drinking ayahuasca, I'm not smoking weed anymore. Like mm. hemp, even if I smoke hemp, like the non-psychoactive kind and i say that with air quotes <laughs> it's psychoactive for me now interesting um interesting. It's, that's a big change whew, yeah totally totally it, was that something that was expected after you went down there was that something that we talked about before you did the experience i had heard of it happening with other people before yeah um but for me i never never thought this day would come <laughs> yeah, like, no i'm always i'm always gonna be in no. cannabis what are you talking about exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um it's just not something I ever pictured my life to look like. Mm-hmm. I never, since I picked it up when I was 20 years old, never pictured my life to be without weed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ayahuasca, like I said, not to be taken lightly. You go in that ceremony. I mean, you could get anything. Some people will get nothing when they go in. Yeah. For me. They say the plant decides, right? Whew. 
Yes. Yeah, if you're ready well, to experience something in the first right, so place. I, I, this, is all, so, I this is all very new to me. <laughs> yeah, I do know um, the, so the, I have a family relative who works at um, the multidisciplinary. Yeah. Plenary. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> of psychedelic studies. That's right. Um, so I am aware of this, and my sister talks about it a little bit, but this is all very new to me. So it's probably pretty new to some of my listeners, too, just to talk about it in terms of how did you approach it? Well, what were the decisions that led you up to this moment? Like, cannabis seems scary to people. So this mm-hmm. seems, you know, from the outside, it actually feels scary because that's what we've been told. So the idea that you've gone through this and had this transformation is really amazing. But if you could talk about the steps, maybe, like how you got to this point where you were able to do this. Yeah, and what is it as well? And what oh, is yes. it? Yeah, that would be a good one, too. Yeah. That would be good. <laughs> yes. So I guess we'll start with what it is. Yeah. yeah. I should have said that before. No, it's all um, good. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typically, it is a brew of two plants, um, the ayahuasca vine. So the scientific name, and I could be saying this incorrectly, is Banisteriopsis copy. Um, and then there are also leaves in the brew. So those are chacruna leaves, and that is, and again, I could be saying this incorrectly, but Psychotria viridis, mm. those are typically the two plants that are in the brew. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, depending on where you're traveling to, there might be other things that are in the, bu- uh, in the brew, and I'll take this opportunity to just plug Chris Killam's book, The Ayahuasca Test Pilot's Handbook. Thank you super super helpful for anywhere that you're thinking about drinking ayahuasca can you repeat that again it's the ayahuasca test pilots handbook got it by chris killam the medicine hunter we'll put that in the notes we could find a link to it right yeah yes for sure um and he also happens to be zoe helena's husband okay cool um because there are a lot of things that you need to look out for keep an eye out for when you're considering drinking ayahuasca um you're in a very vulnerable space when you're drinking this brew. Um, so it's a, there's a lot of things to consider. The safety of the place that you're traveling to, mm-hmm. the group of people that you're with, and something that's always tossed around in the psychedelic medicine space is set and setting. Mm-hmm. So it's your mindset, and it's also the, the space that you're, that you're in. in. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, you wouldn't just like, take mushrooms and go to the mall or like no i wouldn't you know some people do, so yeah, they do. You know, i'm not that bold can't dunk, can't knock it but yeah. for me when i think about these things it's like okay if i'm not in the right mindset then i'm probably not gonna use a psychedelic substance mm-hmm. but to each their own that's just me personally um so getting back to actually taking the steps to go down to peru mm-hmm. um so Rewind a little bit. I found Cosmic Sister in 2015, I believe it was, and I was not looking for ayahuasca. Hmm. I was not looking for anything psychedelic related. Um, I'm not even sure that I had ever even heard the word ayahuasca before I found Cosmic Sister. Interesting. Okay. Um, I had heard of DMT before, but ayahuasca, I don't believe so. Mm-hmm. I had actually been doing a search for successful woman in the Boston area because I was pretty sick of working for male-owned businesses that I just did a Google search. (laughs) Um, Did a Google search and I find after just a few pages of flipping through, um, I find this Boston Magazine article about Zoe Helena and how she is helping fund women to go down to the Amazon and drink ayahuasca and face their fears or 
have some revelations. Um, is that is that really how she framed it? Why we why you choose to take that kind of trip? Well, I would ask Zoe. Yeah. Okay. Um, have her speak on that. There are many reasons. Um, but I highly suggest checking out the article. It's still so it's a Boston Magazine. Boston Magazine. Okay. Yeah. Um. And I read this article and I just sent her an email and I was like, hey, uh, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Like, I tried psilocybin my freshman year of college and it changed my life and I just introduced myself. I was not looking for a grant. Mm -hmm. Like, I was not looking to go drink ayahuasca. This was not my intention when I reached out to her. I think I got an email back maybe like an hour or less later and she was like, you sound like a good fit for this. I'm going to make a folder for you. Oh, and nice. I was like, okay. And we had been talking every day since. Wow. Um, Some things are meant to be. Mm. <laughs> I yes. mean, it has become a major part of my life, so I would say absolutely yeah. yes. Nice. Um, so flash forward, 2017 maybe, Zoe and I met in person for the first time when I was out at the New England Women's Herbal Conference mm-hmm. uh, hosted by Rosemary Gladstar. And we met in person. She was talking about her trips with her husband, Chris, um, and what it's like to be on the road in the global medicine trade because that's what Chris does mm. for a living. Um, and then she also held a talking circle, essentially, about psychedelic medicines and what it's like to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really just hit it off in person. And then, you know, months leading up to the trip back in March, 2018, just a lot of preparation with Temple of the Light. I can't speak to anything else because I've never had the experience anywhere else, but with Temple of the Way of Light, um, there's a long application, I guess is the best way that you can say it, um, that you want to fill out and say if there's any personal uh personal health problems family history of depression schizophrenia these types of things um you really just want to put it all out there Mm. i would highly suggest that if there's something that you're worried about don't withhold that information um because again not to be taken lightly and even though Zoe had offered me a grant, it was really up to Temple whether or not I could sit in ceremony. Okay. Um, so I waited for an answer from them. And then once it was a go, we started something called Dieta. And that is a diet, essentially, that you have to go on for two weeks before. And then while you're there, you are clean of these foods, drinks, substances, and then for two weeks after. Mm-hmm. So what, is, what, what was that the, diet like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that diet was, and their list is extensive, but it was very eye-opening. Um, no cannabis. Yeah, I was wondering. That was my question. I was like, did you have to stop cannabis use to prepare? That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, no cannabis use, no substances of any kind. So Caffeine, sugar. That's right. Salt pepper mm-hmm. fermented foods spicy foods ice cold drinks <laughs> fermented foods. yeah <laughs> all um, right raw foods juices <laughs> yep i was making smoothies with like shelf stable coconut water and like, oh, wow. bananas it's pretty hardcore mm-hmm. uh but my skin had never been better <laughs> i believe it <laughs> yep, nice. no alcohol mm-hmm. uh no sex which includes oh, masturbation hardcore. Mm-hmm. So what is this? It's a preparation to prepare your body and mind for something? That's right. So 
my understanding of this is that it's a discipline. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's asking you to do something and mm-hmm. follow this regimen before you're going to go and drink the sacred brew, can you do that? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're going to have more directions for you when you get there. So. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people are setting profound intentions. So if you can stick with a dieta, then imagine what the possibility is if you're going down there with this huge intention that you want to set and mm-hmm. then set that goal for yourself and meet it and hopefully exceed it. Mm-hmm. Um, am I forgetting anything else? There was also things like, you know, don't watch TV, don't listen to violent music. Like, basically, you just want to keep your... You're containing your stimulants down. Yeah. Yeah. No body work, so massages, energy exchanges, things like that. You just want to preserve yourself so that you have yourself to depend on mm-hmm. and rely on. And So does that include any kind of, well, you're probably better about what you're putting on your face and your skin. Those sort of soaps and things need to be changed as those well? Those were things that they did suggest. Okay. Um, and they, Temple did actually suggest, you know, no synthetic soaps, fragrances, all natural products going down there. Um but I had no problem with that. Yeah, you already It's like, oh, there's one box I can check off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Um, so that was really the preparation going down. They also encourage meditation. Now, for me, that's something I have a difficult time with because my mind goes a mile a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Did you find it that to be different once you returned? Well, I can definitely find myself being able to calm down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But meditation for me is like doing the dishes, mm. not really like sitting down and carving out the time because that's that's never been me. Mm-hmm. I have to be like actively doing something, which now I'm trying to get back into swimming. Mm. I swam for seven years when I was younger, and I feel like that would be a good meditative Got you. type of thing to yep. get back keep, into. Keep focused on something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like... I'm the type of person that likes to set a goal and meet it, but set something that's realistic. Like, if I can make it from one end of the pool to the other, great. I <laughs> yep. met my goal. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Low expectations are the key to my happiness. It's like, <laughs> you can achieve it. Exactly. <laughs> you not be ashamed. You don't want to set yourself up for failure, you yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, a large part of preparation is setting your intentions. And how do you do that? Just talk about that a little bit. So for me, with... The meditative piece being kind of extracted because I really did try, yeah. but it just wasn't something I was yeah. able to get into. Um, for me, it was just reminding myself every day, writing, mm-hmm. um, and just really repeating it to myself. And I set intentions for every night, but my biggest intentions going down there were uh, for my first night, it was to have the ayahuasca help me figure out how I can best support my family Mm. and man did I get the answers I was looking for yeah yes good um and then the third night my intention um was pretty clear about moving to the next step in my career like Mm -hmm. I just needed the confidence to be able to take that next step and just take matters into my own hands and uh it was pretty amazing my second and fourth night were uneventful in some sort of ways and i just used air quotes Mm -hmm. um for those two nights it was more bodily sensations instead of visions and 
an altered mental state. Right. Yeah. But I was still getting some cleansing from that. Because I, I was watching a documentary about it and I did notice that there are different types of experiences that mm-hmm. people have. And, um, you know, so it could be more physical or, you know, some people, they, they get sick or they may vomit and some people don't. Yep. Um, so it, it really depends, I think, on the plant and what it decides that you need at the time. And sometimes nothing happens. That's right. And you're and I think they try to tell you that that's OK. Like the plant is saying you don't need anything right now. It is OK. Um, so Does that mean you're healthy? If you... I don't know. I think it just means you don't need anything right now. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. What could that? Something... We all need something. Yeah. I did touch on this when we were on our cannabis panel because we did have some people in the audience that were curious about cannabis and what it can do for them. Mm-hmm. But you really got to ask, like, what are you doing for the plants too? Because mm. you got to work together. This isn't a solution for everything. Mm-hmm. If you are not going to go down drink this brew or if you're not going to smoke some weed and then integrate your experience then what is it really for right it's in my opinion kind of a waste at that point because you're getting so many good pieces of information whether you realize it or not that if you're not integrating which is a huge part of the psychedelic experience with ayahuasca and with all psychedelics um that period afterwards where you're reflecting on what has happened and then integrating that back into your life. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's just huge. And you, you really, we cannot put so much pressure on these plants and fungi to, to save us. Exactly. I mean, I think they can. Yeah, but, but it's not really their responsibility. <laughs> we have right. to take some ownership in yep, this. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you're talking about the integration, so yep. is that so just as a novice and someone who doesn't really understand this. So I always have this imagination, like when my sister talks about this, because she's really into this, this world. She made me listen to a whole psychedelic um, podcast like for four hours on the way down. She York. made you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 so it's Rick Doblin and I learned a lot and it was very interesting, but it was not, it was eye opening. But the whole, I don't know, the, the revolution, like the part of your brain, what, whatever happens to you that is so transformative how do you integrate that back in instead of saying that was something weird that happened like i think of it almost like a like when people talk about party drugs something weird happened whatever and then they move on but you with intention how does it work to say this thing was really profound i'm not ignoring it i'm creating this as part of my whole being how do you do that (laughs) good question (laughs) uh for me it had a lot to do with writing down what happened okay. immediately the okay. morning mm-hmm. that I woke up. Mm-hmm. So when I was in Peru, I would sleep in the Maloka, which is where ceremony would happen, um, every night of ceremony. So I would just get into a relaxed state at the end of the night and fall asleep. And in the morning, I'd grab my notebook that was next to me and just write exactly. as much as I possibly could. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like remembering a dream because mm-hmm. it's very much like a dreamlike state. Um so I'd say that's a key piece to integration. That sounds smart. I still have my notebook, my journal out, and I read it still to this day because I'm still integrating every single day. So there day. are things that you've written and forgotten or not necessarily like... Oh, know. yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yep. That's great. That I, I mean, I actually I keep like a regular like gratitude journal. That was sort of like a thing I did for a couple of years. And I go back and read it. And it is surprising what you've forgotten. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a lot of things happen in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So just like keeping a record of it and keeping it there Definitely. so you can like reintegrating it, keep thinking about it. That's yep. interesting. And it's important to have a group of people around oh, you yeah, that understand and that support you and support what you're doing. Having negative people around you is not very helpful. Mm. Um, 
putting up boundaries is super, super important. You got to protect yourself. Did you find that you needed to do some of that after you came back? 100%. Yeah. And was it it hard? Can you talk about that? Of course it's hard. Um, I've had some instances, you know, with friendships that it was disappointing that I needed to put up a boundary, but looking at past patterns of things that had happened in my life with other people, like I knew it was time to just close the door. Mm. Like you just... If you're not protecting yourself, you can't protect other people. So in the integration process, and even if you're not integrating, even if it's just regular everyday life, um, I find it to be super important that you just, you know, operate with integrity to yourself first so that you can operate as the best person possible in the world. Because if you're not being true to yourself, then what really do you have to offer? So even, I mean, I hear this a lot in the cannabis world, people whose families are just just don't agree just don't accept it and yeah. won't even talk to them or just think it's or make them feel we talk about this a lot about the shame yes there's yeah. so much shame i mean there's shame with cannabis i'm sure there's shame in some ways when people don't understand what you're doing absolutely and you're constantly it's i mean it's, it's, it's like dealing with the um, kibra she's talking about i can't deal with the negative people i just can't deal with them because i can't change their minds but i'm going to help focus on what i know and what i'm going to do to help other people that's right who are open to it yep and I'm sitting here talking about this. My partner, my newly, he's my fiance. Congratulations. Thanks. His parents have not a damn clue what I'm up to. Like, <laughs> yeah. nope. They, we just recently. Uh, Is that by choice or do they? Well, they're in their 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents totally understand it and get it. Oh, they do. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and they're super supportive. That's good to know. Yeah. And I'm supportive of them having these experiences too. Mm-hmm. I would love for them to do it. But it's hard because I feel like I'm hiding something, but at the same point like at the same time, I don't wanna disappoint his parents because they might not understand. And I don't think that it's necessary. Yeah. And it's not that they wouldn't accept me because I am sure that they would accept me, but I just, it's a lot to take in. Mm -hmm. And especially for somebody, for them, I don't believe that they would have a psychedelic experience. So it's not something that I feel like they could just wrap their heads around right now. Um, But it it does hurt me that I can't really tell them because I would love for them to know and to share something so profound and that's such a gift to share that with someone to like yeah. they you I mean like you said it's very vulnerable yeah I, I have like conversations at the dinner table where I'm like okay did you see sixty minutes the other night like, <laughs> just to see what they yeah. know <laughs> gotta, gotta see the body language and yeah. the reaction on yeah. their faces yeah. Yeah. um so it's been interesting we recently had talked about cannabis with his parents which was a first for john and was a first for me talking to them about it because i had absent-mindedly been talking about a friend of mine and his dad said how did you meet her and i said oh in the cannabis community Mm -hmm. because they knew i was working with cbd products and but they never knew that i was a thc user yeah um my mother still says my mother actually said to me i hope you're not using that stuff (laughs) <laughs> that's stuff yeah, yeah you know there's just gonna be some people who there's no need to convert everyone exactly. it, it takes energy to convert people and if they're not even willing or even really need to be converted maybe they, that's how they don't, maybe they don't, don't need waste to be your converted. energy with yeah. it or you know in the in the amount of time that you may have left with you know your your, your in-laws do you really want to spend it trying to convince them that's on something exactly or do you right. just want to 
you know, enjoy them and continue your work in another sphere. Yep. That's right. (laughs) Yep. See you on the other side. Yep. See you in my visions, perhaps. Right. Because not everyone's going to get it. And and that's okay. But there are some people who are looking for information, looking seekers that are out there. Yep. And I think it's great to do podcasts, get out there and, and do public events, do all the speaking stuff that you do so that people that are seeking can find you. I'm always like... Hmm. I wonder if they'll Google me one day because if you Google me, it's yep. all up. It's there. gonna blow it up. <laughs> yeah. Spot oh, will so, be blown. Well, that's that is so funny. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm like secretly hoping that they'll Google me one day. But hey, I'll maybe just do wait. they know how? And not, not to oh, be. Oh hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. well, if you're listening to the show, you can Google her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much we, we only have a few minutes left. I want to talk a little bit about your work. Um, yes, that you do um, with Soil and Spirit and with Cosmic Sisters. So um, what do you guys provide? What do you do? And for people that might be looking for your services, can you share a little bit more? Totally. So with Soil and Spirit, it is just me right now, but maybe one day I'll grow and have a little company where I can employ some people. That'll be really fun. But right now I'm really taking my skills that I've learned you know, through my own research and through my professional experience and applying it to small businesses. I am not one that is a fan of growing, growing, growing a company. I do it all through organic growth. I'm not into the paid marketing and search engine optimization. Interesting. Because especially with like cannabis, you can't really use a lot of the tools that some other companies can use. Yep. So, so and what do I, you recommend I was do- for small businesses yeah. who can't use search engine optimization? <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, can you talk about Facebook? Because I think I saw one of your posts as well. Is about like Facebook is just like, oh. Oh, yes. I, uh, I kind of feel the same way. So I want to know what you think about that. Robin Lawrence from Sensi Magazine interviewed me last March, I want to say it was, because she is also one of my clients. I help her with social media. She'll just bounce ideas off of me, um, and we just work creatively together. That's essentially what I do with all of my clients, and I'm getting wholesale placement for some natural products nice. brands right now, nice, too. Nice, nice, nice. Um, shout out to the Healing Rose CBD brand. Yeah. I lo- okay, uh, uh, Zach and Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting to hear back from you. <laughs> On it. Yep. On it, And man. then uh, Heart Grown Wild out of Vermont. Yep. Fantastic yep. herbal skincare products. Husband and wife team. They're unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but I really am trying to focus on bringing these brands into the forefront, making, you know, really positive impacts, face-to-face relationships and really authentic relationships. And that's something I talked about with Robin. Mm -hmm. The Facebook thing, like Facebook, I believe, I don't know what the exact quote was that I used, but I was just talking to her and I said, you know, Facebook is kind of like the retirement home of social media. Like, that's where everybody's thoughts go to die. Mm. Because you go on Facebook and everybody, I feel like, is just ready to tear each other apart and get political, which, don't get me wrong, we got to get There's political. There's a need for it, yeah. But... Um, but it's just a super negative place sometimes. Mm. And I'm just there for the events. Uh, it's a great place to post events. Um, and I I deleted my Facebook sophomore year of college i was convinced it was a government operation so somebody could be like where were you tuesday night at 6 <laughs> 30 yeah well it gets used <laughs> and it, yeah. during one of the presidential campaigns after i deleted by facebook what do you see in the background like the red carpet style yeah. the facebook f and i was like i knew it 
so yeah, I mean, with social media, I just say, you know, you got to do everything authentically. Just be yourself. It's not about crafting something that looks super great. <laughs> Bonus if it does. Mm. Um, but don't try to impress people who you wouldn't talk to on a daily basis. Just gather and cultivate that relationship and that community with people who are your people. Yeah. That is excellent yeah. advice. Thank you for saying that. And, and as, for a, as, an, as, an, as an older person and having to learn social media, it's been, it's confusing in a lot of ways. It is. And I just never felt like I had time for it before, but now I have to exist on social media or I don't exist, which is strange. Yeah. <laughs> it is strange. And, and is that, that is the so truth? Sad. Is that the truth or are they just telling us that? Because I still can't, I still can't figure it out. I've seen companies that are being are, that are successful with small, it looks like social media followings. But then everyone's saying, if you want to get out there, if you're a company, you need a social media, um, you know, following. So I, what is it? Uh, I mean, I think you have to be there. I don't know if you have to be like, I, I think you have to, people have to find you like to verify that you actually exist for some, whatever weird reason. If you don't exist on social media, for some reason you don't exist. Yeah. That's I what mean, it feels like to me. I yeah. would agree with that. Yeah. In, in a sense, um, it is nice to have a social presence, but I don't think you need to be on every social media channel. If you have one channel that you're true to and you're interacting with your audience, that's the biggest thing. Mm. Like if I get a new follower on Instagram, like I'm not primarily on Instagram to just like get clients and work with my business but if i see somebody who starts following me first thing i do is introduce myself like mm. hey great to be connected with you or like introduce myself and say really love what you're doing i saw you're into x y and z like that's so cool just because well, that's, that's, that's good advice that's yeah. it and treat it like a real human Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we who knew that you've been connected and that's because you in because the ads and all the bots and things you don't you don't get that connection. Oh, my you, you may get the, yeah. <laughs> you, what do they call it? Like the vanity metrics when you get the followers, you get the likes, but it doesn't really equate to anything. I mean, exactly. How many, you know, how many customers do you have? Yeah. How many relationships are you building? Gotta have that human relationship. Right, we're actually almost out of time. All right. So, <laughs> do you have another last question? Uh, yeah. Do you have anything else? Anything going on in your world that you like to share with everybody? Um, right now we are with Cosmic Sister. We are really just trying to raise funds to give more grants to women in cannabis and psychedelics. So if you find yourself interested in Cosmic Sister and want to support, please join us at CosmicSister.com slash support. We have a fiscal sponsor through MAPS, so you can do a tax deduction. Oh, you're connected to MAPS. Oh, yep. so you know Rick Dublin. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I do. Haven't yeah. met him in person, but I definitely oh, he, know he, of he's him. A, he's my cousin's wife's brother okay there we go. and when he was at harvard <laughs> this is true when he was at harvard forever ago he was at our dinner table for i think it was a passover dinner he came as a guest and he was arguing with my father about cannabis i remember this oh wow <laughs> a long time ago and now look where he is like That's he's, history he's, right a, there. he's a godfather of this like the map i mean the psychedelics this maps is doing wonderful things i mean he went into this because he wanted to he wanted to be a, a healer and he realized he couldn't get the medicines he needed so he reversed <laughs> He like reverse psychology this, then became this. Became, That's what you got to do. Yeah. yeah, amazing. So okay, I didn't realize you were connected to maps. That's great. <laughs> that's, but it's good to know, so people can donate to CosmicSister.com. Yep. You can do it through our uh, link with Maps, which is tax deductible donations in the United States, or you can do it through PayPal and just donate 
however you'd like. Excellent. That's good to know. Um, and uh, I'm all set. I, I'm Asia Atwood. You can find out more about me, what I'm up to, at asiaatwood.com. And we just want to thank uh, the Canon Mom Show, Joyce and Amy, for having us. Yes, so that was great. Asia, thank you, thank you. So for our special host today, Asia Atwood, and her amazing guest, Caitlin Boakley, I want to thank the Podcast Garage right here in Austin, Massachusetts, Josh Lampkin for writing and performing the Canon Mom theme music and for helping us edit the show this week, Amy Searles for everything she does to keep the Canon Mom Show going, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canon Mom Show where we are not just changing the expectations of cannabis and human caregiving, but also cannabis and planet caregiving, one can of story at a time. I'm Joyce Gerber. AJ Atwood. And this is a special Climate Cannabis Connection edition of The Cannamom Show. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while, while we, we break, break it all down. down.